This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. The Knicks will return to action. Uh, it's a, a, a matinee, Sunday matinee at the Garden. They've been off for a couple of days. They'll play at home against the Hornets before they go back on the road uh, to Boston, Atlanta, Washington. Uh, the Knicks have won two straight games. I want to talk about them uh, just for a moment here. I was at that game on Wednesday after they beat the Clippers uh, on Monday night. They, they had the Spurs come into town. It was when Miami's debut at the Garden, a lot of electricity there, ESPN game, and the Knicks shut him down. They they made him look uh, pretty pedestrian. And watching him before, it just looked like you know he was in absorbing the moment, realizing the magnitude of playing on this stage, and there was some jitters. The moment got, he's 19 years old, he's not from here. So you can imagine and all the lead-up and all the conversations coming into this game, why this would be a moment that I don't want to say is too big for him, but it overwhelmed him to some degree. And the Knicks did an excellent job on him defensively, and they were able to come out there and get a a win. 126-105 was the final score. Made it interesting in the third quarter. They made a run, but then every time the Spurs, you know, showed some life, the Knicks had the answer. And you want I want to give them credit. As I told you at the start of the season, the first 10 games were tough. So for them to be 4-4 four and four right now with arguably the toughest schedule to start the season, that is a tremendous accomplishment, and they're doing it in a familiar fashion. They're second in defici- uh, defensive efficiency. Remember last year, they were like middle of the pack, and you're not used to seeing a Tom Thibodeau-led team be middle of the pack. Now, they turned it up in the playoffs against the Cavs and the Heat, but this year, so far to start the season, they've been excellent defensively, and they're rebounding the basketball. Mitchell Robinson is all over the boards. You just love to watch him with the aggressiveness on both ends. And Julius Randle, after struggling to start the season, I thought that game against the Bucks was rough because not only did he not play well, there was this video that had gone around. Uh, I want to say it was Jalen Brunson who had the ball. Knicks were up one. Brunson had a chance to add to the lead. He took a shot, and then you see Julius like shaking his head, bad body language, didn't get back as the Bucks are in transition. Then Dame gets the end one and essentially put that game away on the next possession with a three-pointer. And I just thought that that sequence of events was bad, Julius Randle. Now, you guys know I'm a big defender of his. I think he is a really good player, all-star level every season. And in an era where you see guys just don't want to be on the floor, he's playing every game. Playing every game, not complaining about uh, the ankle soreness that he had been dealing with. And, you know, Stefan Bondi did a great job outlining that in the New York Post. Now, that was one of the reasons why he had struggled early. Not going to complain. He was about 70%. But the last couple games, he's given you 25 Uh, 25 points and and two wins. So maybe he's starting to get back to feeling his normal self. And this is a squad right now that's solid, well-coached, fun team that on any given night can beat any team in the league. Now, they can't win a playoff series against any team in the league. But throughout the regular season, if when they are at their best, and RJ's been fantastic— 
Brunson shook off the rust early. He's been great. Julius, I mentioned, he's been good the last couple games. They are clicking defensively. Their bench is just loaded with Quickly, with Hartenstein, Josh Hart, DiVincenzo. Shook off the, the, the initial game against the Celtics where he was awful. Now he's playing pretty well. This team right now looks really good, man. It's a really good, fun team that on any given night can just go toe-to-toe with anyone. Like we saw opening night against the Celtics, a game they should have won. And then, what, two Fridays ago to open the in-season tournament against the Bucs where they had a lead late and Dame just kind of took over, and that was all she wrote. By the way, these in-season tournament courts, love it. Love it. Love how bright it is. I love how it's just... It's smart by the league because if you're like kind of perusing your TV guide and you're just like scrolling through channels, these courts are so obnoxious, it makes you want to watch just to see what's going on. And I thought Don, when he was explaining like the in-season tournament, hit it on the nail. Like if you're a basketball fan and you don't like the tournament, then whatever, right? Like the games still are important. It's still regular season games. So who cares? If you're a basketball fan and you're intrigued by it, then that's a win because, you know, now it's something that you can gravitate toward. And I loved hearing Frank Vogel last night. It was um, in his pregame speech to to the Suns prior to them taking on the Lakers. He said, you know, coming into the season, guys, y'all said y'all wanted to win this in-season tournament. Y'all wanted the trophy. So let's go out there and, and do it. So you're getting coaches to buy it. Now, unfortunately for the Suns, they lose that game. I mean, they were in well control last night, but you, you want to see the players take it seriously. But, you know, back to the Knicks. Back in action tomorrow against the Hornets. Got a chance to get to 5-4, and four, above five hundred for the first time all season before you go on the road and you play Boston. They played them well during the regular season last year. Played them well opening night. So you, you'll give this team an opportunity. You'll give them a chance if these guys are clicking. The one complaint, though, because I'm just waxing poetic about how if you're a Knicks fan, you got to be excited about what you're watching with this team. The one complaint you'd have to have right now, you see what's going on in Philadelphia? Is that the best team in the Eastern Conference? Through, what, two weeks of the season? It's early, very early. But are the Sixers the best team in the Eastern Conference? Right now, they're 7-1, and one. We saw them beat the Celtics the other night, um, 106-103. They beat the Celtics. Last night, they came back, and I was paying attention to this one. They were losing early by double digits to the Pistons, but they found a way to come back and win. They're eight, They're 7-1 and one atop the East, and they have the NBA's best scoring duo in Maxi and Embiid, which you didn't think that that would happen. Like, you thought Maxi could take a step and get to that next level. You didn't think he'd be averaging, what is he giving you, like 26, 27 a game? And so far, credit the Sixers, they've weathered that initial James Harden storm. And they came away as quote-unquote winners because now they've got some ammunition to go out there and trade for someone to help them win. If you're a Sixers fan right now, watching this team through the first 10th of the season, got to feel a tad bit more optimistic because you were worried about what Embiid losing another co-star would do, which is why the Knicks fans were salivating at the the, the the potential of what could happen. We saw Joel Embiid get healthy, 
Now he's got Ben Simmons, an all-star caliber teammate. Ask out. Okay, so now you go get James Harden. Embiid wins an MVP. You get to round two of the playoffs. James Harden, ask out. So he's losing yet another star. And he has to be wondering, all right, I'm getting older. I'm not going to age well. I'm a big with a rich injury history. I just won my MVP. My championship window is now. I've seen Giannis get it done, and, and, and I saw what that did for his NBA standing. I saw Jokic last year get it done, what that meant for his NBA standing. Like, it's time for me to win a championship. I can't just keep, you know, wasting years. And part of it was his own, you know, not showing up in in big playoff games like, you know, last year. But the other part of it is having the organization build a championship team around him. So you had to have been wondering if this was going to be a marriage that was doomed for failure. But so far... Looks pretty good if, if you're the Sixers because, again, you've got some picks that you can trade. I don't think they should tr- uh, chase another star. But maybe you go out there and get some depth believing that Embiid can be the best player on a championship team. If you're a Knicks fan, you're rooting for that to go sideways. And so far, it has not. Sixers 7-1 and one right now playing really good basketball. Really good basketball on both ends. And I thought about this too as I'm watching Lakers Suns. Are we watching, at least in this era of basketball, the official closing of the super team? Like, is that going away? The last super team to win a championship was the 2018 Warriors. Because then in 2019... Kawhi goes to Toronto, 2020, you had LeBron and AD. That's not a super team. The Bucks winning with, with Giannis, that wasn't a super team. The Warriors winning with their group, that's not a super team. And then Jokic, what he did last year with Jamal Murray and company. Are we transitioning to a new era of basketball where it's about getting two great players and prioritizing depth over building a super team? The Clippers, they haven't won since they traded for James Harden. They're 0-3, and they look awful. They look terrible. James Harden makes his debut at the Garden Monday. They lose that game. They then go on to lose to the Nats, and in their first two games, you thought the problem would be defense. No, they couldn't score. They averaged 95 points in the first two games with Harden. Mr. I'm the system James Harden. Then last night, they went to Dallas, and the Mavericks hung a buck 44 on them. Luka just owns them. You saw Kendrick Perkins. I loved his imitation of what Luka does to the Clippers. He took his belt off, and he was, like, spanking his, his seat. So they're 0-3 right now. And, I, and, look, it's early. I get it. There's still time for them to correct it. I wonder if the Clippers are going to make the playoffs. Because this is something that on paper should work, right? Like, you've got... Kawhi and Paul George, who on both ends are are great. Harden, as the playmaker, led the league in assists, going to get them into great spots. You bring Russ off the bench. This should work. Ty Lue's a a championship head coach. He's able to manage egos. But you wonder, I don't really believe in sports gods, but they can't reward James Harden for quitting on three straight teams, right? And, and and as far as, like, their roster, they're small. 
They don't play defense. And the West is littered with great offensive talent. And it's funny. I think it was Gilbert Arenas who was on a podcast. And he's like, yeah, this team could win 30 games in a row. Are they even going to play 30 games together? You can't trust that they're going to be healthy. So I I just don't know, man. The Clippers, like that team, I, I was excited to watch it because I never thought it was going to work. I just wanted to see it just be a comedy show, be a dumpster fire. Russ was playing the best ball he's played in a long time, and he's got the rock in his hands. So now you bring James Harden, which means Russ is not going to have the uses that he did that helped play him, uh, that helped him become you know great in that system in, in, in L.A. So it's just it was never going to work, and the early returns so far are proving to be the case. Still a lot of season left. You don't want to overreact, but 0-3 is open, 0-3. And then I look at Kevin Durant and with the Suns, and I'm thinking – He's, he has found himself in the same situation that he was in Brooklyn. Because KD's balling. He's hoping he, he is putting on it quite the performance at age 35. And he's looking for his co-stars to help him win games, only to watch them on the bench in street clothes. Bradley Beal did return this week. Played Wednesday, then played again last night against the Lakers in that loss. But Devin Booker, who hurt his ankle in the season opener against the Warriors, he came back, hurt his ankle, or, or hurt his hamstring, I should say. And then he's missed games. And, you know, the, the thought is he's going to rejoin them for their homestand. But I'm, I'm like, KD, it's the same thing you dealt with in Brooklyn. You can't get your co-stars on the court. It's going to be hard to win a championship that way. They've punted on playing a traditional point guard. They don't have that. They don't have a rim protector. So they're trying to win a championship without two key ingredients and just hoping that their offense is just going to carry them with Beal, Booker, and Durant. And I, You guys know like, I, like, I love KD. I root for him to win, but I just, I mean, I, I can't see it happening. I just can't see it happening. So the those are the two super teams. Because you don't look at the Nuggets as a super team. The Celtics, it's like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and then look, the rest of their roster is really good with Holiday and Horford and Chris Stats. But I don't consider that to be a super team. The Bucks with Dame and Giannis, that's not a super team. It really just is, um, just are the, the Suns and the Clippers. And right now, they don't look great. So I wonder if like this is us transitioning into a, a new phase of basketball where it's no longer about the super teams. It's, it's organizations realizing that the best way for us to win, let's go get one great player, two great players, and build the rest of the roster around them. We can have a third star, but it's not worth it. The league is so loaded at talent that it's it's just in our best interest to put really good players who play their roles around our two great players. The Suns did not do that. The Clippers did not do that. And so far, they're paying for it. 800-919-3776. We'll get back to your phone calls. But basketball, interesting so far, to say the least. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. Instagram as well. We're taking your phone calls till 7 o'clock, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show. On 98.7 ESPN. It's going to be interesting to see how many Jet fans made the trip out there. I know folks were mad at Fireman Ed 
for breaking out the JTS Jets 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 chant on the on the plane. And I concur with Peter when he's like, "Yo, imagine being on a a, a five hour red eye flight and you just like dozed off. And you're already uncomfortable and annoyed." And you got some guys that start screaming at the top of his lungs, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Like, yeah, of course that would bother you. Of course. And he was saying it playfully, but the Jets Twitter went at him. Man, we got to keep we gotta keep him on our side. Peter's been riding with the Jets. He's rooting for them tomorrow. We don't want to turn him off. I think the Jet fans are just overly emotional because of what's happening this year. And we saw... Four plays into the season, all the Super Bowl aspirations just dissipate. But uh, it's gonna be. It's, it's, I don't even. I don't know if fun is the right word. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how this team looks tomorrow, with their season essentially on the line. There's no mapping out a playoff appearance that doesn't include winning this game, because you fall to four and five. We're now talking about the fact that you should have lost to the Giants. You did lose to the Chargers by three scores even though that offense did nothing, and now you lo- you lose to a bad Raiders team. So this is a, it's, it's as close to a must-win game without it actually being one that you're going to get. And I, I threw up my Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. Al, Al BK57 tweeted at me, Zach Wilson is not a good quarterback. Is the laziest take ever, my G. When they won three straight, no one gave Zach Wilson any credit, but they lose one after... It's all on Zach Wilson. 90% on Zach Wilson. Very hypocritical. Fam. The Jets have scored seven touchdowns in seven games. Zach Wilson, for his career, has thrown, what, 282 passes and has 20 touchdowns. We're not just talking about a bad quarterback. We're talking about one of the worst picks in NFL history. He's thrown... No, I I had the number wrong. He's... Obviously, it's not 282. He's attempted 892 passes in his career. He's thrown 20 touchdowns. You can definitely construct a solid case that it's not all on him because of the offensive line, because of the lack of weapons outside of Garrett Wilson, who did have a big drop and a fumble in last in last week's game. Because of everything else around him, you don't necessarily buy into this whole Nathaniel Hackett is some offensive guru. I get all of that. But to suggest that me calling him a bad quarterback is lazy? Are, are you stupid? Like, are you out of your mind? It's just it's just a dumb take. Did you listen to... Here's Robert Sala. And I'm, Mike was going to ask the question about Trevor Simeon. You've got Trevor Simeon in your building. Why, why not give him a try? Fair question. You know, it's uh, like I said, he... he I don't know. 
you got me. I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth on all this one in terms of just. I kind of explained it, you know, yeah. respectfully, obviously, but mm-hmm. but it's a va- they're valid questions. But and I know and I know from a passionate fan, from fans who are passionate, all having the same questions, I respect it greatly, you know. But it's I've got to look at it from a global standpoint and just see where we are and and look at the all 22 the best I can and and make the decisions best as possible. So does that sound like a head coach? who thinks that he has a good quarterback. So you can say that the take is lazy. That head coach doesn't even think that. This same head coach who last year three times benched him. The organization told you they don't think he's a good quarterback. Because when it was time to get his replacement, whether it be Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, or 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers, they were all on, all in on all three of those moves. So it's not lazy. You're just being ignorant. Hopefully, like, intentionally ignorant where you're just trolling because there's no way you can for three straight seasons have watched this guy and think that someone calling him a quarterback who's not good is a lazy take. Listen to the head coach. Listen to the the owner who last year told you they had to upgrade at this, this position. Listen to the players in the locker room. Chanting Mike bleeping white wearing his t-shirts. Like, it's not lazy. It's facts. Like, you sound like an actual idiot. Let's go to TJ in New Jersey. What's up, TJ? TJ. Going once. Going twice. We hit Hammer in Bergenfield. What's up, Hammer? What's going on, Ty? It's been a minute. I see you doing big things, doing the solo show. Congratulations, my Appreciate friend. you, bro. Appreciate you, man. What's going on? So, you know I'm a Raider fan. I cover the Raiders on YouTube. Raider Nation News today. Have yes, to sir. Plug in. Put your fandom to the side. Okay. Who are your X factors for the Jets tomorrow? And realistically, again, fandom to the side, do you think the Jets are going to beat the Raiders tomorrow night? The X factors, I mean, clearly the entire defense is the X factor because they keep them in every game. But offensively, you got to go to Brees Hall because he's a home run hitter against a, a, a Raiders defense that is not good against the run. And then we have to see some type of appearance from Alan Lazard, or just give me one receiver not named Garrett Wilson, make some plays. Is it going to be Xavier Gibson? Just give me somebody on the outside opposite Garrett Wilson be able to make some plays in the passing game because your tight ends, I mean, they're not giving you the production that you thought they would give you, but they're, they're, they're Zach Wilson's checkdowns. Anytime he feels like the pressure is coming and he needs a play to be made, he's going to those tight ends. So give me a receiver not named Garrett Wilson and give me Brees Hall against a Raiders defense that can be had against the run. I got one more question for you. Over under Zach Wilson interceptions, over under two. <laughs> well, you got to give me half, right? Because then two will be a push. So can we make it something with a half? Sure. With one and a half? Over, under, one and a half interceptions tomorrow? Yep. Oh, man. If we set the over, under for interceptions tomorrow. You know what's amazing? Before I answer this question, Hammer. So I, I went on the uh, old FanDuel betting app last week. Monday night. Jets mm-hmm. Chargers. You know what his over-under for touchdown passes was? Well, let me guess. One and a half? 0.5. Like, that's, I, like, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Now, it wasn't great value. It was like minus 245. But to, for a quarterback to have his over-under touchdown passes, 
be at 0.5? It's amazing. I'm taking the, uh, I don't know, man, like, because I think the Jets are going to run the ball a lot tomorrow. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking the under only because they're, they're going to try their best not to put the ball in his hands uh, to subject him and to expose him to the possibility of throwing interceptions. How about your X factors for tomorrow? How about your X factors? Because you you cover the Raiders. What do you got? I'm looking I'm looking forward to the matchups on the outside with DJ Reed against Jacoby and of course Sauce against Tay. Um, if they let him travel, we'll see if uh, Sauce yeah. travels with uh, Devontae. I do believe that this is O'Connell's really his real official first start as he finally got a full week of practice in with mm-hmm. the starters getting those reps in finally. Um, I'm loving what the defense has been doing recently with the takeaways. Um, I think they keep applying that pressure. They could be forcing a lot of turnovers tomorrow. And JJ, aka Baby Beast Mode, JJ Eight, feed that man the He's ball. Not, That'll open up. The it's gonna be tough. To play guess, action and the deep threats. It's man. gonna be tough against this run defense, though, man. Like you saw Eckler last week. You saw Saquon in the first yep. half a couple weeks ago against this. And and Josh Jacobs has not been good at all this year. Devontae Adams hasn't been good you, at all. Yeah, but who do you blame for that, though? Who who's who's no longer it's, with this organization? Well, it's not just Josh McDaniels. It's also the fact that they didn't have a legit quarterback, right? Like. That's it's, true. It's going to be also, hard. He really had he had the special teams. He had the defense. He had the offense all handcuffed. We saw a lot of things, especially when it came to the defense last weekend, that we had not seen the entire season. Finally, you're seeing a lot more blitzes. You're seeing various stunts, which you, we, we never saw the first eight weeks of the season. Like, they're finally able to be free, have fun. They're actually taking input from some of the players. Hey, what plays do you like? Can we do this? The running, the run blocking, or actually the blocking as a whole, they were running power blocking schemes majority of the time. Last year they were running zones, and that's where JJ was successful. A lot of things have changed within the week, and I know it's only a week, but I think the best is yet to come right now. And I, you could put that, you could take that to the bank. And Ty, one more thing before you let me go. What's up? After this matchup tomorrow night, I would absolutely love to have you as a guest on my show if you're free anytime this week. I'll DM you on IG. Let's but do I would it. Absolutely love to have you a guest, man. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. I- I'm down for that. Hit me on hit me on IG, bro, and we'll, we'll make it happen. Thanks so much, man. Have a great night. No problem. Appreciate the call. These are actually two teams that are very similar, and like you got the star wide receiver, obviously Garrett's not Devontae. Uh, but you got the star running back with uh, Jacobs and, and then uh, Brees Hall. And they haven't been able to really cook the way that you thought they would just because they're being held back by the quarterback. And the Jets obviously have a, a much better defense than the Raiders. But, I mean, this is a game I'm I'm trying to be as objective as possible, which is also impossible because I'm biased at being a Jet fan and I'm looking at it through the lens of the Jets, a team I watch every snap of. It's a game that... I don't want to say they should win just because like you've lost the luxury of us uh, uh, applying that to you when you look the way that you did against the Giants and then against the Chargers, but it's a game that they absolutely can win, and if you're a playoff team, have to win. 800-919-3776. Back to your phone calls when we return right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, they hadn't been on the court together 
since KD was in, in in Golden State. So we had seen like three, four years go by since the last time these guys had played. Uh, so a- after Phoenix tweets this picture out, this guy chimes in and says, I hate this we all friends laughing during the game stuff. It's time to go to work, kill these mofos, and keep your four on their necks. This is one of the reasons why Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Uh, Michael Jordan simply killed everyone in sight. <laughs> And then LeBron had the ultimate clapback. It's like the checkmate moment. Because LeBron then responds to that tweet with a picture of, and I don't know if this this might be the 93 finals when the Suns and Bulls had gone up against each other. Remember, Barkley won the MVP that year. But Jordan's hunched over, tugging at his, at his basketball shorts. Uh, he's got a little bit of a grin on his face. And then you see Chuck leaning over toward Jordan with a smile. It's the ultimate clapback checkmate moment. Because... Yes, you did see in the past opposing players smiling and having fun on the court. And the old heads like to pretend that that never happened. So I just wanted to point that out. That was a fun moment. And I wanted to mention this too real quick. Spike hit me on Twitter about the Nuggets because I was talking about like the end of the super teams. Nuggets, and he's, he's disagreeing. He said the Nuggets are a super team. No, they're not. They have an all-time great player in Jokic. We view them as a super team because he's that good. But coming into the year last season, anyone pick the Nuggets to win the championship? No, they didn't. And then they got the one seed, ran through everyone in the playoffs, and that that was what you know all she wrote. Jamal Murray takes his game to another level once he gets to the postseason. But no one's looking at you know Jokic, Murray, KCP, Aaron Gordon, and Michael Porter Jr. as a super team. Of course not. It's Jokic who is an all-time player, Jamal Murray, who, by the way, has never even been an all-star, but he's a really good player, and then a bunch of guys who fit their roles nicely alongside one of the best players ever and then a, a really good head coach in Michael Malone. 800-919-3776. Let's hit Chris in Beth Page. What's up, Chris? Hey, Kai. Uh, all the blessings to Maverick and Noah, of course. Appreciate you, bro. Um, yep, yep. So, Ty, you know I'm a longtime Giants fan, and... Uh, you know, I'm actually struggling. But to be fair, a month ago I called you up and you were saying, hey, should the Giants tank at this point or this and that? And I was all in on the tank. I was all in on it. And then they went out and ruined it a little bit by beating Washington. But I still knew that, you know, listen, we got a long ways to go and we need some, you know, we listen, we need some players out there on the field. There's no doubt about it. Now, that being said, I got to say, I love all my Jet fans. I work with a ton of them. You guys got to do the same. And let me just tell you what. The last two weeks, I watch all the Jet games. I watch every play. The last two weeks, I'm not kidding around when I say this, Jets have been the most unwatchable team in all of football the last two weeks. Seriously. That Giant game was brutal. And the last week, I I couldn't even get through it. I was trying to tell my friends, I'm, I'm trying to watch this game. They are unwatchable. Wait, so and you think they should tank this, the rest of the season? Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep, so here, so here's the. Why? Okay, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to hear this. Right. Let me hear. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you why. You need offensive line help in the worst way. Okay. There's a ton of good offensive linemen coming out this year. What good is it gonna do if you go seven and ten? And that's why I have them going. And I'll gladly call you back in five weeks if I'm wrong. Jets are going seven and ten at best. Okay, so let me stop you there, Chris. Even if that's the case, how do you look this team, especially this defense, 
that's 4-4 four and four right now, bowling out of their absolute minds in a violent sport like this, how do you look at them at 4-4, four and four, and you can, you can feel the way you want to feel about their playoff chances. Those guys in the locker room still feel like they win this game tomorrow, they can make the playoffs. How do you at any point look at them and say, you know what, we're tanking the, 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 the second half of the season because we need to build our offensive line? You think Jermaine Johnson, Quinnen Williams, Quincy Williams, they want to hear that? You think Bryce Huff, they're, they're going to take kind of that? Like that is professional you know, malpractice. That, that is the right. height of malpractice. Right. It's unprofessional. Right. Right. The height of unprofessionalism. This is why I called you. This is exactly why I called you. You told me as a Giant fan four weeks ago that that's what I should be doing. You said that. So did I call you and say, oh, that's the height of unprofessionalism? Well, but you know, so here's the difference. never going to do that. No, you but, told me that. No, but here's the difference, Chris. Your defense wasn't balling out the way that they were, and you weren't a 500 team. We saw what we saw what happened against the Cowboys. We saw what happened against the Seahawks. We saw what happened against the Niners. We saw what your offense your offense looked like. You were one and four. Like there was no chance of uh, of you to write this uh, write the ship. So I said, what you should do at the deadline: trade off the pieces, Adoree Jackson, Saquon Barkley. That's different from where the Jets are right now. Like as bad as the Jets have been, uh, the 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 last couple weeks. They are nowhere near oh. what the Giants were the, the first five weeks of the oh season. Oh, my God. Ty, Ty, I love you to death. I love you to death. Get a reality check. That's the worst two weeks of football I've ever seen a team play. Seriously. Brutal. Chris, like, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing you with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. What I'm saying is there is there's still, despite that, in a much better position than the Giants were ahead of the trade deadline. That's a fact. That's not even being biased. They're four and four with a top three defense. Uh, wait, they got a defense, but you know what happens with these top three? You know what happens with these great defenses? Giants play great defense for a couple of weeks. Then when you start doing crappily on offense, eventually your defense says, you know what, enough's enough. And I'm going to tell you this quickly, okay? 1983, you weren't even born yet, probably. You're so young. God bless you. Um, 1983, Bill Parcells took over as head coach of the Giants, okay? We had Lawrence Taylor. We had one of the best defenses I've ever seen yeah, in my you life. you were awful. Yeah, you Harry were awful. Carson, yes, they, yes. They were terrible. And you know what? They gave up. San Diego scored 38 points. They came in. I was at the Meadowlands. I'm telling you. And I'm like, where's LT? What's Eventually, what I'm trying to tell you is the defense can go on and do but all that, they can. Chris, but you know what? Chris, that's a that that was an historically bad year. What did they finish like one fourteen and one something like that? Like that that's different. Again, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. I'm not trying to paint the Jets as some team that's about to win a Super Bowl. All I'm saying is. They're 4-4 four and four with a winnable game against the Raiders tomorrow. That is stark contrast to what the Giants were prior to the deadline, where they were 1-4, and four, getting blown out. Their offensive line was a mess. They weren't playing defense. They weren't doing anything well. And then they were on the, on the cusp of losing their quarterback. So that's all I'm saying. Right. And, and all I'm telling you is this, is simply this, is you have – no future whatsoever with Zach Wilson, and you know it, and everyone knows it. And I'm just saying, you know, listen, it, it would – what do you think? All kidding aside, Ty, seriously. Are you going to go better than 7-10 and 10 this year? And, and I'll call you back every week, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I got you going 7-10 and 10 this year. That's ask, me after, ask me after tomorrow, tomorrow night's game. I'll have a better feel All for right. it. 
All right. All right. And you know I love you. Of course. You're the best, and I always listen to your show. Okay. Thank pal. you, man. So I will call you back. Let's and do I'll it. Get back to you, and we'll 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 redo it. Okay, pal. Let's be do good. it, bro. You 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 be well, my friend. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Quick break. Right back after this. Wrap the show right here on ninety eight seven ESPN.